All right, my good friend Rich is going to be blessing us with the word this morning. But before we do that, uh, he has a video that he wants to show. And check this video out. Good morning. How are you guys? I got chicken skin. Right? Goosebumps. So growing up on the plains of Nebraska, it wasn't uncommon to experience a summer storm. These things would bring rain, uh, which the farmers needed desperately. It'd bring thunder. It'd bring lightning. Occasionally, you'd get hail, and quite often, you'd end up with a tornado. I remember when I was about 10 years old, we took a trip over to Cheyenne, Wyoming. There was an Air Force base over there. My dad was a disabled veteran, so we would go over often for medical needs and such through the DAV. And when we were on base, the sirens went off. So we were rushed into the basement of one of the buildings. Just so happened that the windows were right about ground level, so we could peek out over the horizon where we saw several funnel clouds off into the distance. Now, a funnel cloud is the making of a tornado. It doesn't become a tornado till it actually touches the ground, right? Now, even though it was a little scary, we were assured that we were pretty safe. Uh, unfortunately, that day, there were several tornadoes that actually hit the ground. Thankfully, there wasn't catastrophic damage that was incurred by anybody. Have anybody here ever had to endure a, a storm in their life, whether it's catastrophic from natural disasters or a personal one? You know, one of life challenges, whether it's at the workplace, whether it's school, whether it's financial, whether it's parenting challenges, whether it's relationships, addictions. Imagine if God told you he was going to bring a storm that destroyed all life as we knew it. So we're going to start in Genesis chapter 6. Turn to your Bibles. Verses 14 and 15. Or if you use you version, you're good. This is a story about Noah. Noah was a faithful and loyal man of God. And during this time, he was the only one who lived righteously. And God chose him to do a pretty big, big task. God told him, so Noah, make yourself an ark of cypress wood. Make rooms in it. Pitch inside and out. And this is how you're to build it. The ark is to be 300 cubits long, 50 cubits wide, and 30 cubits high. Now, for reference, a cubit is the measurement between your elbow and the tip of your finger. Now, everybody's is a little different, so for an average, it's about 18 inches long. This is one big boat. It's about 450 feet long. It's about 72 feet wide. It's about 45 feet tall. Pretty crazy. So, the request was pretty specific. God told him, you know, who... God was deeply disappointed with humankind at this point. And he was so distraught that he was going to destroy everything that he had made up until this time. Mankind, animal, the earth, everything. You see, Adam and Eve brought in evil from eating the tree of knowledge. And they stayed living on earth. And they, in turn, populated the earth. Evil stayed as well. And it had its impact on mankind much like it has today. 
But why a boat? So Genesis 6.17 tells us, I'm going to bring floodwaters on the earth to destroy all life under the heavens. Every creature that has the breath of life in it, every creature, everything on earth will perish. So Noah completes the ark according to God's blueprint. He gathers his family, gathers the food for the mankind and for the animals, and takes delivery of the animals as God had promised. You see, God didn't just ask Noah to do something and then step away. He was alongside him. He was working behind the scenes. And he he delivered on his promise. Genesis 6.22, pretty clear. Noah did everything just as God commanded. So here's a fun fact. Scholars estimate that it took Noah between 75 and 100 years to build this boat. Now, how did they figure this out? The Bible tells us that Noah was 600 years old when the floods came. And he had his children after he was 500. And if you remember last week, Thomas, there was three sons. He had three sons after he had turned 500 years old. So there's a 100-year span right in there. God also told him to bring his children, his family, his sons, his wife, and their wives or daughters-in-law. So by their age, give them maybe 20, 25 years old. So there's that 75-year span. Now, it wasn't uncommon for men or for people back in this age to live well past 500. Matter of fact, Genesis tells us, you know, there were several men. Adam, for example, lived 930 years old. Noah, he ended up living 950 years old. And then, of course, there's Methuselah, 969 years old, the oldest living man. Why don't we live that long today? Well, they didn't have zippies back then. They didn't have McDonald's. No, 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 no. Had nothing to do with that. Yeah, exactly. No In-N-Out burger, right? So God was very disappointed with, with humankind so much that he said, in Genesis 6.3. My spirit will, contend, will not contend with humans forever, for they are mortal, and their days will be 120 years. This is what really was interesting to me. So back in Genesis, God stated that man would not live more than 120 years. Think about how long back Genesis was actually written that this was stated. Up until a couple weeks ago, we had a woman living on earth that was pretty old, the oldest woman uh, in existence right now, 117 years and 260 days old. She just recently passed away from Japan two years ago, or two weeks ago. Her name was Nabi Tajima. just amazing that this was written that long ago but still holds true today so let's go back to God's protection he'd asked Noah to build the ark said he was going to destroy the earth right so Genesis 7 1 through 3 
The Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and your whole family, because I have found you righteous in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of every kind of clean animal, male and female, one pair of every kind of unclean animal, male and female, and seven pairs of every kind of bird, male and female, to keep various kinds alive throughout the earth. Now, clean animals were used at that time for sacrifice and for human consumption. They had laws, what they could and what they couldn't eat. There were some very strict guidelines. Um, A clean animal was basically an animal that had a cloven hoof and would chew its own cud, so much like a goat, an ox, a cow, deer, yaks, fish would require that they had scales and fins, uh, bows, so like bass, tuna, salmon, chickens or birds such as chicken, turkey, ducks, geese. It even mentions insects, grasshoppers, locusts, and crickets. Could be edible, right? So after we've prepared all this, we've gotten everything together, God says, here's what I'm going to do. Genesis 7-4. Seven days from now, I will send rain on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And I will wipe from the face of the earth every living creature I have made. Genesis 7-5. And Noah did all that God commanded. You see a pattern forming? God asks. Noah obeys. God delivers. Pretty easy. So the waters flooded the earth, and they stayed flooded on the earth for about 150 days. Let's go back to those storms. How often have you tried taking control of a storm yourself? How'd that work out for you? Personal experience, not so good. Maybe I could do something that gave it a short fix, short term. But whatever I did, never made long term. I was doing by myself. God's plan is long term. It's actually eternal. There was a time in my life uh, that... My walk with God, my relationship with God, took a back seat. I was a Christian. I accepted Christ when I was about seven, eight years old. Went to church with my family. Was brought up in a very good Christian household. But I was a rebellious youth. I was a rebellious adult. Still am sometimes. But uh, everything that I tried doing didn't work out so well once I took God out of the equation. It took several major storms in my life for me to seek out God, go back to him, bring him into my life. Sound familiar to anybody here? So over several years, I moved from Arizona to Nebraska to Colorado, ended up in a random office building, met and married my wonderful supportive wife, We blended two families together, her son, Ryan, my daughter, Alex, great kids. And then together, we had our third daughter, who happens to be pretty amazing, 
Miss Emily. God had his hand in all of this. It's pretty impressive. Things worked out pretty well. Have you ever tried lifting up your storm to God? Relied on him completely? I want to give it a shot. Devotional this morning was pretty interesting. A verse came up, Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle, humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Pretty uh, profound when I read that this morning before uh, standing up here in front of you guys. So he promises to give us peace. He promises to give us strength. He promises to give us comfort. He always has our best interest at heart, and he always delivers on his promises. So let's go back to Noah. Genesis 8.1, God remembered Noah and all the wild animals and all the livestock that were with him in the ark, and he sent a wind over the earth, and the waters receded. So Noah and his family and all the animals survived. The ark had been adrift 40 days plus 150 days, landed on the mountain, uh, Ararat Mountains, which right now is somewhere estimated to be in eastern Turkey. Lasting, uh, and then they spent another 40 days on the mountaintop. So about a total of about 230 days total. Noah went up to the window and let out a raven. A raven circled the boat. It didn't want to leave its food source. It just circled, didn't go anywhere. So he then proceeded to let out a dove. This dove left and soon came back because it couldn't find anywhere to land. Seven days passed. Noah lets out a dove again. This time the dove leaves and comes back with a piece of greenery, an olive branch. Found some life. Seven days afterwards, Noah lets out the dove again. This time the dove leaves but doesn't come back. Soon after, God spoke to Noah, said, it's time. Let the animals go. You and your, you and your family, it is now safe to venture off the boat. 244 days total from getting on the boat to getting off the boat. That's quite a cruise. So Genesis 9, 11, and 13. This is God's promise to Noah. I establish my covenant with you. Never again will all life be destroyed by the waters of the flood. Never again will there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said that this is the sign of the covenant I am making between me, you, and every living creature with you, and a covenant for all generations to come. That includes us. Genesis 9.13, I have sent my rainbow in the clouds, and it will be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. Living here in Hawaii, we have a chance to see God's promise more often than most. Because there's probably a rainbow somewhere on the island every single day. Probably at every single minute of the day. Pretty amazing. So 
this is where my story of Noah ends. But my story, your story, our story, continues. What are the storms that you're currently facing now? What are the storms that are coming in on the horizon that you don't even know about yet? You haven't seen. Are you going to try and take control of those on your own? Are you currently struggling, a little proud, afraid to ask for help? Are you willing to turn over control to God and take the burden off of your shoulders? As we've seen in this series, God has done many different things, but it's always been the same. He's asked, given a a direction to somebody. He's always provided protection, and he's always delivered on the promise. Good news is, we don't have to wait for the storms to come into our life to ask God to get involved. You see... It doesn't require us to build a massive boat. It simply asks us to pursue a personal relationship with God, which we can only do by accepting Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. God's greatest promise comes to us in John 3.16. And you can read along with me if you like. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So you see, God has a plan for each of us. He's provided a great blueprint as a resource for us to use daily. To successfully navigate this, you know, this thing we call life. But God did not intend for us to do it without him. He wants a relationship with us during the good times as well as the bad. Don't just need to reach out to him when things are rough. Reach out to him when things are good. No matter where we are, no matter where we've come from, he's waiting for us with open arms to give us strength, to give us comfort, to give us peace. He's willing to shelter us through the storms and rejoice with us under the rainbows. Can we pray? 